Well, hello and welcome again to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, um, and I have with me today Pastor Jason Allison and Pastor Sierra Pendleton. And so you get a treat with the three of us this morning to welcome or start off our new series, The Red Letters. But before we get into that, uh, first off, I want to point everybody to the QR code that is up there. Through this QR code, you can get our weekly bulletin, you can sign up for things, you can give, you can do pretty much everything that you would want to do through this QR code. Uh, if you are new with us for the first time, take, uh, snap that, get that, let us know that you're here. If you're watching for the first time, let us know that you're with us so that we can thank you and just, uh, yeah, appreciate you for being a part of today. The other thing I want to do real quick is just thank all of you for, well, for for this last year, for 2022, what we were able to do last year. We had a great Christmas Eve service to end the year, and even given the crazy temperatures and snow and everything like that, we still had a great a great showing, great service, uh, and it was good to be with you all for, for Christmas Eve. Uh, I have a few quick announcements that I do want to highlight, though. Uh, March 5th, we are going to be doing child dedications. So if you are a parent that has never dedicated your child, uh, this will be a great time. March 5th, we'll be talking about it for the next, uh, well, I think it's two months almost, uh, but we just want to let you know now so you've got time to think about it, right? Two months. I can, I can count. Uh, I'm still working on it, but you know, <laughs> every, every once in a while I get it right. Uh, and then the other thing is next week we're going to be celebrating um, the giving from our Go campaign. If you were a part of the Go campaign and uh, did that over the last like basically month, month and a half of 2022, we were... Uh, celebrate together and, and just thank all of you who were a part of that and I gave to that as well. So we've got a lot of great things coming up. Like I said, you can have the, the weekly bulletins there. If you're not getting weekly emails, uh, you can go to our website and subscribe there or you can just email us at info at presschurch.tv. That way you are up to date on everything that's going on, all the new things uh, so you don't miss. We've got a lot of stuff coming up in this new year. I don't have time to talk about all of it, but just letting you know, get the weekly bulletins, all that stuff. We, we don't spam email you, I promise. It's like once, once a week. Twice, twice. twice a week, twice sorry. A week. Sunday mornings and Wednesdays. Nice and simple. Nice and simple. All right, so with that, the red letters. Uh, brand new series. If you don't know, the red letters refers to the fact that in some Bible translations, the words of Jesus show up in red. Uh, so depending on what Bible you use, you'll see uh, his words showing up in red. Um, and really the point of this series for us is to share that we are all about Jesus here. Jesus is important. Jesus' words are important. And so as we start off the year, we figure what better way than to look at the life of Jesus, the words of Jesus, and how that impacts us. We're going to hit every single Every single text. Right? Yeah, we're probably going to take like six months and just go through every <laughs> single... <laughs> and you can't miss a week, by the way. You can't miss, miss a week. Well, you know, to, to, to be fair, a lot of times in the church world, you start off a, an all about us thing, right? Yeah, the, right, right, the right. beginning of the year, it's like, this is what whatever church, this is what we believe, this is what we do. Right. And, and so we were talking through that, and we we're like, yeah, we want people to know what we're all about. We'll get to that. But let's start with actually what we're all about first, which is Jesus, Jesus at the center. Right. You know? right. And I think with that, you know, we talk about finding your identity in Christ. And, and really that comes down to trusting God, trusting that Jesus is God. We talked about that last, uh, last series. Jesus is God, trusting that he loves you. Um, and I think ultimately by embracing this, you see that your lives begin to change. You begin to reflect more of him when you embrace your identity in him. So in whatever that looks like, in good and bad, and at the top of the mountain or in the valley, 
uh, those don't change your standing with God. Those don't change your identity in him. And so we've actually, there's a, there's a phrase that we used to say all the time uh, that what would Jesus do? You guys remember those bracelets? What would Jesus do? It's too bad that it was like a fad because it's, right. it's actually a really good question. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want to start there. Like when in the red letters, we're looking at the words of Jesus. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? Uh, and then what do we do with that in our own lives? Like how do we address that in our lives of what did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? Um, yeah, do you have anything to say with that, Jason? Did you prepare anything? Oh, I was supposed to prepare. <laughs> uh, well, I, you're you're right. Uh, that that was a fad. That was, but it was. There was a lot of truth. Oh, it. absolutely. You know, and that, that's the thing is, we look in scripture and we see all these things that Jesus said, that Jesus did, and we go through all this and we're like, okay, so what, right? I mean, like that's cool and it's a great story, but what does that really mean to the way that I live uh, today, to way I live out my life, and when we look at Jesus, and, and this is, if you get a chance over the next few weeks, pick one of the Gospels, Mark's probably the easiest, and just read through it. Because in it, you're going to see that Jesus has, he has emotions, right? He, he gets upset, he gets excited, he is filled with sadness. I mean, there's so many uh, emotions that you see played out in, in Jesus. And I mean, he says a lot of things. Um, he really, he celebrates at times, right? I mean, his first his first miracle is at a wedding to keep the party going. Uh, you know, this is the Jesus we follow. He, he is not some abstract concept. He is actually, he came and he was human, fully God and fully human. And, and so, you know, for me, it, it's one of those things where you, you look at the life of Jesus and you realize not only did he have all that, I mean, he had a lot of complications. I mean, there's a time where his, his mom and siblings show up and they basically are trying to take him away from the spotlight because they said, we think he's crazy. Uh, you know, I don't know how many of you have had your mom show up and try to pull you out of a situation and say, don't worry, he's special, you know? And like, I mean, can you imagine? That's, that's the type of things going on in the life of Jesus. And, and yet he says all of these things. And so we, we wonder, how do we take them seriously? What does it really mean when Jesus is speaking and talking and, and walking? and, and but, but we also understand that because Jesus went through all of that, we actually now can, he, we can trust that he understands us. Right? At Hebrews chapter 4, it says, you know, the high priest, and it's talking about Jesus, the high priest uh, of ours understands our weaknesses because he faced all of the same testings that we did, and yet he didn't sin. So when we listen to Jesus, and we go through the red letters, right, we, we're listening to someone who has been where you're at, okay? This isn't some strange, abstract, special, in, in, he's been there, he gets it. And yet, he was able to get through it. And so when he starts talking, it, I think it really, it really matters, but we also have to understand he lived in a specific time, right, in, in a specific situation uh, on that video that you did for Christmas Eve, CR, one of the kids said, was Jesus born in B.C. or A? B.C. Yeah. or A.C.? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and so, you know, the, he was born into a specific time. There, there were things going on that the more we understand those, the more it may help us understand some of the words that he said. But, I mean, think about it. Jesus was born in a time where Rome ruled the world. And the way they ruled the world wasn't by election, 
right? I mean, we, we think our times are very strenuous and there's all these divisions. There was no division in the, in the first century. Rome ruled by military might, and then they ruled because the top about 5% or so of the people had all of the resources, and they could use that to manipulate the other 90 to 95% to do whatever they needed to do to perpetuate the system. And so Jesus is born into this situation, and he was not an elite-born person. I mean, we celebrated just a couple weeks ago, born in a manger to a poor couple, right, with no resources. I mean, think about it. Probably the only reason they were able to escape to Egypt when, you know, the, the angels, is because of the gifts of the Magi, right? That, that's probably what funded the trip so that they could escape death, so there's like all these things that you just got to understand that are going on. And Jesus is in the very midst of that, and he's saying these things, and people are paying attention. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I actually have to think about what I put forth on social media. I mean, Sean, you know, you, that, <laughs> wait, but, you're supposed to think before you do that? <laughs> I mean, we like it better when you do. <clears throat> But that is, that's one of the things I know, you know, even as we started the church and, you know, going through all these things is your presence, because what can happen very easily, right, is you can easily be canceled because you said one thing that maybe you just didn't say it right, or maybe you said it right and everybody took offense or whatever it is. And, and that's, we feel like, oh, that's so terrible. It's so awful, you know. Well, let me just tell you, in Jesus's day, he had people listening to him. And they were either listening to him, hanging on every word because they really thought he was the Messiah, or they were trying to find something that they could use to get him killed. Okay, that's a, I think, generally speaking, getting killed is worse than getting canceled, um, depending on who you talk to. Uh, so, so you got to realize that every word that Jesus said, you know he had to think about it. He, he wasn't just, you know, rambling on like I'm sure the three of us do at times, <clears throat> uh, you know. He was very specific in what he was talking about. And, and so that means that we probably ought to pay attention to those. Um, and he only had like three years of public ministry. So he, he had to be extremely specific and really focused on what he was trying to accomplish. And so in Matthew 5, uh, if you look in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you're going to see like a ton of red. Like it looks like someone spilled red ink all over your page. Because this is three chapters of Jesus giving what is called the Sermon on the Mount. And in this, he kind of outlines um, really what life in the new creation world will look like. What, what it looks like when you follow Jesus, right? When you put your faith in him, this is the life that he would like you to live and the, the sources behind it and all these things. And, and he deals with stuff like, uh, you know, rather than saying, do this, do this, do this, he kind of goes back to the roots of what's going on. Right? And he talks about how, you know, in this new way of living, the, the poor in spirit, they're going to be elevated. The, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they're going to be elevated. The meek will be elevated. He starts talking about stuff, you know, like... It gets a little more... It gets, yeah, it's starts, poke, starts poking a yeah, little more. Yeah, it's kind of the, the preacher goes from preaching to meddling, right? Where he starts saying, all right, you know what? It's not just that you shouldn't, like, commit adultery, like the, like the law says. No, no, no. If you look at a woman lustfully you've committed adultery. Right? He says, it's not just that you shouldn't kill. He's like, listen, the heart of this is if you have hate in your heart, you've... so he's saying all these things, and I can imagine, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was sitting in that 
audience listening to Jesus talk, I'd be kind of slinking backwards a little bit like Homer Simpson into the hedge, right? Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> Did you even write good, that? Good visual. Good Didn't visual. even write that one down. That was good. Because <laughs> um, then at the very end of this chapter, and he's just like a third into this sermon, all of a sudden he pulls this verse out, which they, they had up there, Matthew 5, 48. What does it say? You, therefore, and he's talking to the people standing there, you, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect perfect. I'll let you finish. <laughs> Sean's tapping out. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, the context of this is the Sermon on the Mount. All the things going on and what he's talking about, he's got crowds of people listening in, and, and, and the word there for perfect is, is the Greek word teleos, which really just means complete or whole, right? It's, it's like you've reached the goal, and he's saying, you, just as the Heavenly Father is complete, and he does all of these things, and, and literally the verses before, he says, this is how you love. You don't just love your friends. You are supposed to love your enemies. Anyone who opposes you, and remember the context of the, the world that Jesus is living in right then? Where the people who opposed you could have you killed? And he says, with, even within this context, love those who oppose you. That's what will move you towards being perfect, as the Heavenly Father is perfect. Now, I don't know about you, but in the world we live in today, there are people who oppose us. And, and, and being told that not only are you supposed to be nice to them, you're supposed to love them. And that's what makes you more like God. I, that seems impossible <laughs> to me, like, I, you know. So I figured I'd just throw it to CR and let him tell us how. <laughs> how, how, how are we it, supposed to do that? <laughs> yeah, it should seem impossible. That is the point. It actually is impossible without God. That, that is the point of all of this. So we're going to circle back around to that several times. Uh, yes, I absolutely uh, love that you brought that part up. Um, Matthew 5, what, 44 through 48, I'll mm -hmm. read it here. Uh, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on evil and on good. So on evil and on good. We, we got that, right? And sends rain on the just and the unjust. So we get this concept that it's, it's supposed to be like, well, if I do all the right things, then everything's going to work out the right way for me, right? No. That is, not, that is not what's going on here. There's no formula? Uh, there is no formula. Uh, yeah, I, I've said before, there is no spoon, the Matrix thing, and that's a whole other thing. I don't want to unpack <laughs> if, that. If, but you're, if you're a Matrix fan, you're like, yes. <laughs> if you're not, you're like, what? We want to think there's this formula. You do things a certain way, you're going to get these particular outcomes. Well, that is true in the world, right? If you do, uh, not guaranteed, but generally speaking, you know, if you do certain things. If you drive more, uh, let's say, cautiously on the road, you're probably less likely to get in an accident or something like that, right? But we take those things and we place them on God, on the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God works, and that is not how it works. Jesus is calling us into something much bigger that doesn't have those kind of guarantees. It has a much bigger <laughs> guarantee, but it's, it's not that you'll get certain things in this life. So the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Uh, the sun, uh, he makes his sun rise on evil and on the good, okay? So that's really important. It should cause emotions in you. It should cause feelings 
when you hear some of this stuff. So when we hear like uh, John 8, 7, when he's talking uh, with the woman who's uh, caught in, in adultery, uh, and he's talking with the, the people who want to stone her, and I know I'm jumping around, and these are stories that we've heard. Maybe you haven't heard these, but there's these people who want to stone this woman who's been caught in a sin, and he says, let the one among you who is without sin be the first to cast the stone. These are Jesus's words. These are red letters. When we hear that, we go, well, you might have a reaction to that. You might be, oh, see, that's nice Jesus. He's, he's, he's protecting that woman and he's squishmallow Jesus. Right, Just yeah. Just soft and... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, th there are other people who go, well, where's the punishment? You know, yeah. uh, I know people who believe like, uh, they have a real problem with the idea of forgiveness. <laughs> it's like there needs to be serious consequences for these things. And there does. It, there, there needs to be justice, but it's not ours to bring. It is God's to bring. And how God views it is very different than us. And thank God that that's the case, right? So, uh, but that takes me to another piece of uh, of. The red letters, some of Jesus's writings or words, uh, is for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Okay, so this is really, this is really powerful stuff. Again, Jesus is kind of like throwing some stuff out there. That's from Luke fourteen eleven, by the way, where he's saying like, look, uh, you need to think differently. You need you need to to come towards me. I'm the living water. I'm, I'm, I have something here for you. I want to encourage you to think differently than what you have been thinking before. That's, that's what he's doing. And, it, and, it, and it's not head stuff. It's from the heart. This stuff should cause emotion in us. It should, it should stir up in things in us because Christianity is not stoicism. It's not this idea that you don't have emotions and you don't you know, uh, respond to these feelings. It should cause feelings in you. And it might cause anger. It might cause sadness. Uh, the, and the reality is, is we spend so much of our time in modern society trying to run from hard emotions, uh, especially things like sadness, right? Sometimes you'll hear us talk about grief, like it's important to grieve. And, and that's, that involves sadness. And it's okay to be sad. It's actually good to be sad. Mm. Jesus was sad. There were times when Jesus was sad. In his earthly life, being fully God but fully human, he was sad. And we, we spend so much time trying to distract ourselves, social media, medications, whatever it is, right. um, from being sad. And you know what? This life is sad. This world is a fallen world. There's sin in this world, and it affects us in such a way where we have to, we have to feel the weight of that. And it's okay to be sad. And there's the optimist of the three of us. So. <laughs> uh, That's not, not true. No, I know it's not. No, no. Maybe, maybe but, the realist. The re okay, there you go. Oh, the realist. But, right, right. Because optimism is... <laughs> It's naive, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there is, I mean, I, but I do want to say, I do agree with what you're saying, that, that there are so many things in this world that are difficult, and I feel like we've reached a time in our world where the goal is to avoid pain. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And, and, and we forget that pain is actually part of being alive. 
And, and so we, we need to understand when Jesus starts talking, he's not giving us some nice little words that help us avoid pain. Well, I think about that, you know, you talk right. about being sad, the, the, the story of, you know, Lazarus. You know, he's, he's out, he gets word that Lazarus is sick, and he doesn't do anything about it. And then Lazarus dies, and then he still waits before he goes to raise him from, if you know the story, he goes and raises Lazarus from the dead. But it's like, he could have stopped that pain before it happened. Mm -hmm. He could have, he could have happened, been there a lot earlier. He still, he, he, could have done it for he, he oh, absolutely. Right. But he allowed that process. And I think we miss the, again, to, the, to your point, we miss that process of working through these emotions in a healthy way and allowing it to really draw us to God, I yeah. guess, at the end of the day. Yes, he allowed that to happen and it was very painful and he wept with those who were reeling from what had happened. Uh, he was crying knowing that in an hour he was about to raise him from the dead. Like, well, yeah, but I mean, crazy. But, but he knew that this is the way that it had to be. And yeah. we don't understand that sometimes. So we want God to just snap everything, fix it, make it, make it perfect for us the way we want it to be, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, that's, that's not part of the process. Like we need to go through things in his timing and trust him and, and know that he loves us, even when that might feel unloving. Like some people might be like, well, Jesus could have fixed that and those were his friends. Why wouldn't he have taken care of that immediately? Mm. That's unloving. Right. No, it's not unloving. It's God in his time mm. doing the things that he thinks are best for us, that he knows are best for us in his love, mm. developing us. So there's a flip on all of this stuff. It's like when, when, you, when you read the uh, Sermon on the Mount piece about, you know, be perfect as I'm perfect or be complete as mm -hmm. I'm complete. Jesus knew we're not going to be. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. He knows you're not going to be. He sets the standard to such a point where it's like, if you don't hear that and go, I'm humbled, I cannot live up to that, I know that I can't do it, if you, if you walk away from that and you don't recognize that, mm. that, should, that should show you something. There, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a point there. And if you look at all the interactions that Jesus has with people, you know, like the rich young ruler and things like that, these people come to him and they present these situations and back and forth. And it ultimately ends with Jesus challenging them in such a way where they either feel overwhelmed, feel overwhelmed, <laughs> walk away. They're sad They're or some of them are, it's, it's a life changing experience in, in a, in a way where they're excited. Right. You know, the woman at the well, that's a, that's one right. of those types of situations, right. but, uh, but it causes emotion in these people and it should cause emotion in us. It should cause a reaction in us when we hear these things. And it should be through the lens of recognizing that we need God, yeah. that we need what he has for us right. and trusting him in that process. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Jesus is essentially concerned with the condition of our hearts. Like we have to believe that that's, that's what it's all about. It's all about the conditions of our hearts. So Jesus begs us to question of ourselves, where is my heart in relationship with Jesus? Hmm. So that's like, if you can walk away with that today, like asking that question, where is my heart in relationship with to Jesus hmm. um, and and ask yourself what do you believe about Jesus do you believe uh, he was fully God right do you believe that he 
died and rose again. These are big things. These are these are powerful concepts, and yeah. I understand. There's a lot of people. I, you know, I have friends who struggle with belief on, on that kind of stuff, and uh, it, it's important to wrestle with that because if you can't get there, then how are you going to trust that mm. God loves you and right. He has the best for you and the best intentions? Right. And it's hard to hold on to that when you're going through some serious life stuff. Right. And we're all going through some serious life stuff. Right. And you know, it, it's easy to, I, I'm sure, to kind of look at other people because you see the polished image. People walk into church or you're on social media or whatever. It's like, oh, they look all put together and their family is nice. And you don't know what's going on. No. You don't know what's going on up here. You, you know, you don't know what's going on in the other people. It's like we, we are all dealing with stuff. And, uh, and we have to. We have to be humble and recognize that we need God. And it's not our place to judge others. And even when it comes to the point of judging ourselves, mm. we have to recognize that, that that's God's. Mm. Like That's good. Uh, evil will use that to kind of. Right. So wait, I, I can't judge others on where they stand. <laughs> yeah. You're taking all the fun out of this. Uh, well, I mean, isn't that the point? Yeah. We, we read Jesus' words and we're like, see, that's what you should be doing. <laughs> right. We, we want to become God, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Jesus is, is God. We are not. Yes. Right. So it's that recognition that we, we are not. So this is uh, another you know, really important point. Jesus is calling us into humility. It's that recognition that we are not God, that yeah. you can't be perfect, right. that you need him. Jesus is calling us into humility. And that's right. the only way we're going to be able to digest these red letters is by the humbling of ourselves, right? Yeah. So, yeah, kind of circling back around, this, this is what press is all about. It's all about jesus at the center and there's this this construct this concept that uh sean has delivered before a couple of times we've spoken about it that we uh we value this kind of portrayal at press there's a thing called the centered set versus the bounded set and the idea is is that jesus is at the center okay and the the problem is is a lot of times in in christendom in our you know church culture we like to draw a boundary. These people are in and these people are out. And we like to be the ones that determine where that line is. Right. And a lot of times we like to determine it based off of like, well, we see this in scripture. So these people are bad and these people are good. Mm. You know, uh, and what Jesus is doing is he's calling you to examine your own heart. Yeah. And he's calling people unto himself. And the whole point is, is that we don't know what other people are going through. And so judging someone else and drawing a particular line and going, well, uh, this person is dealing with that issue and that they shouldn't be dealing with that because they, uh, that would not be something that a Christian deals with. Well, do you know that person's background? Mm -hmm. Do you know that, you know, if they were, you know, deeply abused as a child, if they were, mm -hmm. uh, went through some very traumatic issues, whatever that is, but we want to judge others based off of our, mm -hmm our abilities, which yeah. are not perfect. Which usually ends up being, just make sure no one can see the sin that you're doing. Oh, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's As long as you don't it. look like you're sinning, you're good. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's, yeah. that's often the case. Right. So the idea of that is recognizing Jesus is at the center. Yeah. We are called to move towards Jesus, and that moving process is going to look different for every person. Right. And encouraging other people to move towards Jesus, right. that is the point, right. to, to recognize Jesus at the center, to help other people recognize Jesus is at the center, and that we 
all work together to move towards Jesus. Right. And that can look very different. But the, the point being is that we recognize through the red letters mm. what Jesus is actually calling us into, yeah. what it means to follow after him, right? right. And so we have, we have the vision of press, if you will, is uh, to make a difference in this community by helping people embrace their identity in Christ. Mm. And that whole helping people embrace their identity in Christ is understanding that they're pointing towards Jesus, right? That's right. where you get your identity because you're postured right. towards Jesus. Right. And that requires an obedient submission in following Christ. So that's, yeah. that's basically the... That's a big thing. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in there. I flew through that whole thing, but no, I think it's the important. red letters. That's well, and even what without Jesus being the center and understanding, you know, Jesus is God. You know, like we said, Jesus is God. When you think about, you know, the Bible talking about salvation, talking about it's it's about embracing the fact that Jesus is Savior. Jesus is God. He died. He rose again, and He's calling us to repent, follow Him. See, I mean, that's the that's the key, and I think that. Um, yeah, we, we like to have things in nice, neat boxes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where we get sometimes that bounded set of like, well, you're good unless you do that one thing. And it's like, it's just, it's not the way that we see Jesus interacting with people. Not that there isn't a standard. The standard is there. Be perfect as I'm perfect. Be complete. Like, right. there is a standard. There don't is. let, don't, don't. But that, as, as we've said, that should, if nothing else, that should humble us. That should humble us and say, God, I need your help. Like, that should say, I can't do that on my own. And that's where we're at. Like, we're coming at a place of, I'm human, I'm fallen, I screw up all the time. God, I need you. And, and, and this life of following Jesus is not a life of perfection. It's a life of seeking the one who is perfect. And that's, and that's what we have to remember. Like, I, I trust in the one who's perfect, not in myself. I'm going to fall. I'm going to ask my wife. Like, she'll tell you, I'm human. I do dumb things. I say dumb things. I don't treat my kids the way I should sometimes. Uh, it, it happens, and we're all in that same boat. Every single one of us here, there's things in our lives that we're, we're not proud of. There's things in our life that we could change. Um, but at the core of our faith, it's saying, God, I need something bigger than myself, and you are that. You are God, and you love me, and you care about me. Uh, and that's really, like you said, the core of, of press. And as we move forward, we feel like we can make a difference when we embrace who we are in Christ. Not that we're perfect, not that anything else, but we, we serve a perfect God who is perfectly loving, who's perfectly grace-filled, who's perfectly all of those things uh, that we want. And it's only through embracing that uh, that we do see growth, that we do see his presence in our lives. And so uh, I want to encourage all of us, uh, start of the new year, uh, we, we felt like this is an important series for us to start with. I encourage you to, be, to come, make church a priority, being here a priority. Um, I know a lot of you in here, we, we talk about New Year's resolutions. We talk so much about fitness goals and eating goals and all these other things, and yet so many of us are just spiritually malnourished. I tell you, if you watch my video, my New Year's Day video, I talked about this. We're so quick to do things for our physical health or for our mental health, but if you're spiritually unhealthy, those other things are gonna suffer. I'm telling you, those other things are gonna suffer. And so your spiritual goals, those other goals that you have are gonna fall by the wayside if you're, if you're spiritually not in place. So I wanna encourage you, be in church, be in community. If, as, you know, as we start groups again in, in, this, in this year, we start inviting you to things, make this a priority. Get around people who are gonna encourage you in your faith and encourage you in growing um, and be there when things happen. Life happens, hard things happen, and you want a community that's gonna be around you to support you. Um, in those things. So I'm excited for 2023. I think this is a great way to start off. Uh, Jesus is important, and so we should take his words and, 
and, uh, and really digest them. So I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads, and we're going we're to close this time in a, in, a, in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for a new year. We thank you for what you did in 2022, for the ways that you moved, for the ways that you are faithful. And God, as we begin a new year, we give it to you. We set this year and, and we, we give it to you. All the things in our lives, God, I pray that we would take them and, and, and just give them to you. And God, I pray over the series that we're entering into and that as we work through this, as we work through your words, God, I pray that they would humble us. That, that, that even though some of the things you say may seem hard or lofty, God, that that would actually draw us more towards you because it's only through you and through your spirit, God, that we can do any of that. God, that we would humble ourselves this year and that in that we would see you move, that you would see us to places that you want to take us, God, that your plans would come through, that, your, that the, the places you want us to be, that that's where we would go when we humble ourselves, when we look to you, when we trust you. May this be a year of trusting in you. May this be a year of growing in our faith of you. May this be a year that we, we hold on to less and give you more. God, and, and, and through that, we would see your spirit even more clearly working in our lives. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are, for your presence in our lives, for your presence here today, for your perfect plan, your perfect will. We submit to you. We, we submit to you all of that, God. And we love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and join us as we continue this time of worship.